0: To wide world of fanfiction where fanfiction is treated as the high art form that it is as the purest form of literature and today we are celebrating Autism Awareness Month and what is this thing on my desk sorry it's ADHD Awareness Month this bird <laughs> we are celebrating Autism Awareness Month with um some Star Trek The Next Generation data fanfiction, because this... There's actually a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation fanfiction, and honestly, certifiably, by human standards, data meets the... The old data from The Next Generation totally meets those, so I didn't want to, like, insult any people, and... Dang it, Squirrel Girl is falling over on my desk. WAIT! My world is falling apart. <laughs> There you go. Be a good squirrel girl. Eat nuts, kick butts. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, and there is a backst- I'm just gonna explain what happened Okay, there's this entire long spiel that explains it. It's some assembly acquired by Super Freak 330, and it was updated in 2010 and published in 2009, and it is rated M for language- Data slash (laughs) OC. Hey, you want a story with a character from the original source that is well-written and thought out? No, I want an original character. I don't like nice things. (laughs) They can be nice things. Also, my drunk uncle was so excited about going to rehab. (laughs) Anyway. A terminally ill girl from our century gets cryogenically frozen and wakes up in the time of TNG as a Borg. As she sets off on a quest to rediscover her past, she offers Data a chance of becoming more human, writing for language, and if you're like me and trying to figure out how a cry they turned into a Borg, and. There has to be a way but I just got reminded of like those Borg things, he students take to party sales like what if the Borg assimilated a frat assimilated a frat boy who just drank a borg and he wakes up as a borg and he turns the borg cube into a frat house <laughs> We must assimilate this planet and party <laughs> That sounds like an episode of Overdicks <laughs> what Borg, 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 Borg. And his last name can be Blula Borg. Borg puns, Borg but mm, no. Serious time. The Borg are terrifying. <laughs> oh, God, you should scare the crap out of me as a child, but now I'm like, yeah! Parody fanfiction! <laughs> Okay, and here's the back story with sadly no frat boy borgs. <laughs> Janeway, Janeway had that Janeway spread a fire to destroy the collective. Chad is going to destroy the collective with his <laughs> with his big dick energy. <laughs> Chad, poor queen, what's up? <laughs> Chad, you're a hero of the Federation. Seriously, bruh? <laughs> Dang it, I wanna read that now. Someone write it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> you're the hero. Chad is the hero we need, not the hero we deserve. And also he is doing a cake standing Quark's bar. <laughs> Chad, Chad, Chad. <laughs> Aiden Alistair he is 16, a Vulcan male, and he is. Okay, looks like a Vulcan. And he is a brass and cocky young Vulcan Borg. And he has an intense bond with Winifred. And he is, so yeah, that's who she's stuck with in the cryogenically frozen. And she is. Oh, also, he's horny because he's a teenager and he likes dirty jokes. Fun fact, that's, uh, that's how people realize I did not have autism as a child. I understood way too many dirty jokes. We think your daughter who doesn't talk much and is, seems really quiet has autism. Can we testify that the chili parlor says her house was called the squirts, Miss Teacher's... Uh, yeah, she doesn't have autism <laughs> If you ever want to get out of an autism test, just think of the worst joke you could think. <laughs> oh, gosh, good times, good times. I did go to speech therapy, though, so we're getting out of class. He will often joke <laughs> about how whenever he sees an attractive female that he wants to bang her senseless. And how he's a very out-of-character Vulcan. Okay. And Winifred, Fred Alistair, is why they have the same last name, excellent question. <laughs> 25, a human female, and he is, she is, she is 5'4 and 120 pounds, and she looks like a human, looks like Tasha Yar, okay, she was born in 1998, had met, suffered from bat disease, did it cryogenically frozen, and, uh, she was in the lab in D.C., and she, and uh, some Ferengi found her, and... They sold her and they got so late. Oh, and then she got assimilated without waking up from the... That would really suck, however that... Ah, oh, I'm so tired, I'm gonna take a nap. And Then you wake up with, like... I don't know, a new, a new face. That would be terrifying! <laughs> or whatever, it's like... It's like, like, the, like, the, like the wiener on her forehead is not so bad at that. Point. Like, being turned into a borg while you're asleep is like the worst wiener someone could draw on your forehead. Anyway, oh, she was placed in a maturation chamber and given her. Fr- okay, so she was still asleep. So here you go. You are an evil robot now. Shh, hush, little borgie. Don't. <laughs> Okay, so she was unconscious. Okay, and okay, and then she woke up, and then she, uh, oh, she lost her connection. Did, did I'm summarizing this, and just she was an unfinished civilization, a assimil- civil, civilization assimilation, and yeah, and once in, and they got. And she decides to try, and she's been tracking down some people, and now her and Alistair are stuck in the tubes of the Enterprise, uh, in the Jeffrey's tubes of the Enterprise, and and also she has a crush on Data, and then and these are a- these are the events after Nemesis, which if you, it's not the most popular Star Trek movie, but. It's not the worst movie you'll ever see. Tom Hardy's in it, so if, if you want to go watch Star Trek Nemesis, do that. I, I did when I was in Chicago with see 2 e 2 and when I was boring and sad and not partying because I can't drink because my cholesterol is way too high, and my doctor said, No! But, <laughs> I miss whiskey. Anyway! <laughs> Can we get to the story Yeah, I'll give you some whiskey. Oh, thank you. Chapter one. Let's get to the story. Idy, 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 die. Viewing Data's decision through the connection he had with the ship's computer, Aiden gets slightly upset. Oh no, you don't! Not after all we've went through. Aiden's grimace, Aiden, Aiden grimaces as he quickly makes his way towards Data's location. As Data is about to implant. Implement his implant. Implement his plan. Jaden r- releases several hundred of his nanoprobes. Who is Jaden? <laughs> Jaden Smith, what are you? Oh, I think that's misspelling there. Of his nanoprobes into the chamber, where they quickly penetrate data's synthetic skin and, con- and convertly begin to multiply and integrate and integra- inter- inter- with this system. Aiden then programmed them while on his way to Data to secretly infest all his systems and create a rather unique and untraceable signal for him, which Aiden intended to beam him directly back to the ship should things go the way he feared they might. After initiating a link with Data's nanoprobe, filled positronic brain, Aiden is able to visually see everything Data does. How a- how-, how- had Aiden not been a trial prodigy and therefore excellent in his creation of stealth nanites, data system would have been able to detect the nanoprodes within milliseconds of their penetrating his skin and I think I hate this person already Aiden gives me and Wayne in space Aiden gives a Aiden gives a cocky smirk as he mentally congratulates himself for being the smartest person ever organic borg android or otherwise Aiden, what the hell do you think you're doing, running off like that without telling me? Fred scolds him through her mental link. Do you have any idea how— SHUT UP! Fred's eyes widened in shock before narrowing to anger. Now, I know you didn't just say what I think you did. You're not suicidal, but if you don't explain yourself, you know I will slaughter your sorry pointy-eared butt. And that, is- and th- that is why it's rated M for language. Just wait! Aiden stated, holding up his finger, I'm trying to rescue your boy toy android. Fred, shocked, held her mouth again. I, I never said he was Data. He, he doesn't even know I, I exist, let alone that. Aiden rolled his eyes and turned her out while he watched the scene un- unfolding around the scimitar. His eyes widened as he saw the captain teleport out and Data aim his phaser. Dumb shit android, I'll let you fry if it weren't for the fact it would upset Fred. One second, Data is about to be swallowed by the explosion. The next he finds himself safely aboard the Enterprise. Curious, I appear to be in the Enterprise as Jeffrey Tubes, Data noted as he took his new surro- as he took in his new surroundings. Upon spotting Aiden, he redirects his phaser at the intruder. I do not believe you should be here. I save I save your positronic! <laughs> so this is a thanks I get? I save... Uh, Aiden, in case you forgot, we are stowaways! I know that, it's just you'd think he'd be more grateful! Aiden pouted as he glared at Data holding the phaser, mumbling under his breath, ungrateful droid. This turn of events leads the Alistair Sheldon to a level 5 forest field containment in sickbay. Here they they are kept under guard by no less than six security officers as Dr. Crusher examines them. "'You know, Doctor,' Aiden said as she checked him over with her tric- tricorter "'the do- <laughs> The guards are quite unnecessary. "'We've been here for some time now, undetected, "'and haven't done anything remotely unadmirable. "'If our intent was to take the ship, it would be ours by now. "'This only won him a shock-scared look from the Doctor "'and a smack upside, upside his head but from Fred.' "'Ow! What was that for?' Do you really believe that you're helping the matter by saying stuff like that? Think, Aiden. Use your common sense. I was only trying to reason with her. You call... Excuse me. You call that reasoning? Aiden shrugged. Yeah, kinda. At least I'm not trying to get us out of here. I'm trying to get us out of here, unlike you. Dr. Crusher smiled slightly at the sight of the two bickering like little children before Captain Picard entered. He was followed shortly by Commander Riker, which Commander Data, Counselor Deanna Troy, and Chief Engineer Geordi LaForge. It would appear Data's initial findings were correct, sir. The two do appear to have boric implants, Dr. Crusher informed him. Yes, I understand, Picard nodded. What about you two, he asked, eyeing Troy and LaForge. Counselor Troy tried reading the two's emotions while expressing her findings as Geordie entered the force field and, did a, and did, a, uh, did a diagnostic check on their implants. While they're not complete drones, they aren't exactly normal either, Captain. It would appear that, that they've experimented with some rather unique upgrades to their implants, Geordie stated as he gawked at his readings. As Picard and Riker questioned the siblings, Stata up to the the two drones intently. The female appeared to be in her mid-twenties. She was human, about 163 centimeters tall, and 54 kilograms in weight. She had golden-brown shoulder-length locks tied back in a loose-fitting braid and deep hazel-blue eyes. Her figure was what most humans would consider average, about 91.4 centimeters, and... He had to mention the boobs, 66 centimeters waist, and a hip ratio of about 101.8 centimeters. The male was obviously Vulcan. He had a slim, yeah, yeah, athletic build, and was 195 centimeters tall and weighing about 95 kilograms. He had shaggy, medium-short black hair that fell into his eyes at times, and golden brown eyes. Aside from this, this, the two appeared to be dressed in rather unique clothing that he'd never seen before. Meanwhile, Deanna sends Fred's reluctance to tell him their intentions, as well as her romantic feelings towards him. She also took note of the girl's shy, yet quick glances towards the android and smiled warmly at her findings. Captain, since Lieutenant Lefort seems to be done, maybe Geordie should take Data to, go to engineering and run some more diagnostic tests. To see the extent of the nanites' progression in Data systems, Deanna smiles, noting... Noting the look in her eyes, jean Luc agreed and dismissed his two officers. Geordie left willingly as he had stopped to take one last inquisitive look at the new guests. He he wasn't positive, but appeared he had established a minor mental link with the young Vulcan. Curious. Once they left once once they left gone, Deanna, <laughs> once they left gone, Deanna excused herself and took Beverly aside to discuss the girls' readings. Beverly said her shock yet mother... Yet motherly glee over her observation of Fred's biological responses after Data entered the room and when he left. Yay! Data's gonna have okay. sex again! Okay <laughs> He is fully functioning. The two exchange observations before coming to the delightful, whimsical conclusion that Data may have unknowingly met the woman he's been waiting for. Assuming things went well and the two drones weren't out to deceive them, of course. The two women to return to find two rather disgruntled looking men getting nowhere in their interrogation of the two stowaways. Fred, who was holding her head in her hand and shaking it in apprehension, remained, qu- remained quiet, remained quite, as she had too unsure of what to say. I was so quite of unsure what I had to say. Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh, whoops, smell check. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Aidan played a game of reverse psychology and kept <laughs> Reiterating the questions he was asked, smirking triumphantly at the state he'd gotten the two men in, I see you are inquiring about our names, and so what? So you want to know where we're from, etc. Captain, if I may, Deanna smiled. Perhaps a change in tactics might, may be more beneficial. Deanna nodded towards Beverly, who deactivates the force field. With a warm smile and coaxing tone, Diana asked them if they would like to be shown to their quarters, or the three could talk in private. The captain looked at her in disbelief and was about to object when Beverly interrupted him. That is, assuming the captain could spare an extra room normally reserved for refugees and official representatives? There were no refugees or representatives on board at the time, obviously, so the woman didn't see any harm in asking. Riker reminded them about how the two were Borg drones and stowaways. God only knows what they did to data with those nanoprobes of theirs he stated citing that they should be held in the brig until they could be safely transported to Starfleet Command. Deanna smiled. Yes, they were Borg. They're free now. She then reminded Riker about how the two had shown no signs of hostility and also rescued data from certain death. Knowing when to give up, Picard allowed Deanna to show the two to some spare quarters, with the stipulation that there be two armed guards posted outside, just in case, and also that they're repairing the entire ship. They just rammed into another ship. Well, uh, sorry, I think I spoiled the ending of Star Trek. They win, by the way. shown their new humble abode. Deanna talks the two into telling her their story and reason for coming to the Enterprise. After learning about their reasons, Diana I- is delighted to hear the two have all but created the actual item needed to make Data more human. Be- Which they did and a side scene that we didn't get to read. Uh, we'd basically be making him a reverse cyborg if that makes any sense. Fred smiled. Shocked from all that she learned, Deanna nods at her understanding and prompts. Her understanding and promises that they have no need to worry, but that she will have to inform the captain of their discussion. Several days go by, and after receiving permission from Captain Picard, Data joyously assists Fred and Aiden, along with Geordi and Dr. Crusher, in engineering the parts which would soon bring the android's fondest wish to fruition. Not surprisingly, all those involved, except Data, were quick to notice Fred's growing infatuation for Data. Starting the sex countdown. While Data was mildly worried he might have offended Fred, the others enjoyed watching her blush ever so slightly every time Data got within two feet of her or spoke to her. Meanwhile, Fred was doing her best to maintain her cool and not sh- shudder every time Data happened to touch or bump into her. She was. T- <laughs> Please don't be Fifty Shades of Grey with Data. That would be weird. She was doing rather well at it, as anyone who wasn't involved in the project simply perceived her interacting with Data as nothing but professional. While Fred did help in designing the updated sexual organism programming for Data, upon visual contact of him shirtless they needed to run simulations slash tests, she decided to opt out of working on the specific section of his body and left it to Aiden and the others to finish. This confused Ada, as it was Fred and Aiden who had made the initial designs, but Dr. Crusher explained that there was a significant difference between blueprints and the actual product thing, and they're just letting them do this to him without it. Why? WHY?! I see. Well, I compliment you on your appropriate choice of metaphor, Doctor. I am so confused as to how my physical state of being would cause Fred to cease in her participation of something that she has no doubt taken years to design. Based on this and Fred's heart rate, body language, and ambient heart heat heat being given off, she's either coming down with some sort of infection or is having an adverse reaction to my presence. Beverly smiled. I don't think she's sick, Data. I think you're about to give some... (laughs) Inquiry. If Fred is not sick... Why is she having such an adverse reaction to my presence? Is it not normal for a scientist to take pleasure in the actual act of creating something they have worked so hard on? Yes, Tata, but unlike most inventions, you have the form of an actual person. That is correct. However, I am still afraid that I do not understand why my form would cause a reaction in Fred. Does my appearance appall her in some way? Does she find me ugly? Geordie tells him not to worry, and no man has or will ever truly understand the inner workings of women. woman, so it's best not to stress over something that is beyond his understanding or control. Besides, I'm pretty certain Fred doesn't find you in the least bit ugly, Geordie smiled, still confused. Data agrees to drop the matter, and after much coaxing, promised not to ask Fred about it. After spending hours each day with the young woman, Data soon, soon, uh, soon... <laughs> Dana soon soon took note of the slight idiosyncrasies Fred displayed around him, the way she would talk warmly and openly with the others and speak only when necessary with him, though she wasn't rude, she was still nice, just not very conversational or open, how she would avoid making eye contact with only him and keep him at at a further distance. Than she allowed anyone else. She would even call him Lieutenant or Mister. Soon, despite his request, she called him Data. It hurt Data to think that he could he could have invert he could have inadvertently. D- Is the narrator narrating this or Data? Because original Data did not use contractions. That's how in the episode Riker knew he was in a simulation. Yes, I've seen every. <laughs> if you want to send me a, a like a like a, a Star Trek a next generation a, a uniform, any color, and a, a, a extra large because my boobs and my legs and I'm a tall lady, just, send it to my address, which I will never disclose to you. And also, I take gift cards and bars of gold and a, and a goat for lawn maintenance. <laughs> He decided that once everything was complete, once his operation was was a success, he would make an attempt at reconciling with the young woman who intended to grant him his dream, yet avoid him at all costs. As for the upgrades to Data's body and neural net, they included the need to breathe, eat, use the restroom, sleep, and eat healthy, which the the consequence for which are respectively, temporary loss of all cognitive functions, kind of like blacking out, decrease in energy, soil pants, decrease in energy, how much increase in energy? A lot. And weight gain. These needs and their corresponding consequences are programmed to remain functional and active, while him having the inability to deactivate them unless continuing to do so would endanger his life or that of others, and I wish I could do that to me. Like if he was stranded or on a desert planet with a few supplies and, would, and a wounded comrade. The programs would shut off so that Ada could take better care of his friend and not consume all the resources himself. Well, you two really went all out, Jordy exclaimed as he went over all the new improvements to his friend. Aiden smiled. Hey, if the droid wants to be human so badly, who am I to deny him? Please, you just can't wait to see him fart. (laughs) Other embarrassing bodily function, Fred smirked. Who, me? Why, Fred, I'm hurt that you would even insinuate such a thing. Jordy smiled at Aiden's mock attempt at at fanning insulted. Besides, any real human does the same thing every now and then, and they can't turn it off or on, off, on or off, but a whim. Why should Data be any exception? He does wish to become more human, after all. I'm just making it more realistic. As Fred and Ada insisted on getting Data as close to human as possible, 50 to 75 percent of each new organ and his new skin cells were created from replicated samples of their own bodies, used with synthetic materials. has new DNA and RNA are created from their mate from remaining hair unscanned and samples of Dr. Soon. These samples are reproduced, then altered, so as to create a possibly facsimile of what one of Soon's bio- biological children would have had. Astounding, Dr. Crusher smiled. You can thank the resident Vulcan Boric prodigy for his successful attempt at mapping the human genome and unlocking the secrets of the building blocks of DNA. Fred stated dryly, Narcissistic little elf will never let me forget that one. Beverly laughed. He does tend to loot to toot his own horn, doesn't he? You have no idea. For thought about Fred thought about telling her how she could often hear of Aiden doing nasty things in his room at night and how it tended to take him half an hour just to pee, but decided against it. I'm sure she knows all too well about living with living with an adolescent male, she thought, remembering how, rem, uh, remembering how Dr. Crusher would often compare Aiden to her son, Wesley. <laughs> Could someone tell Aiden to shut up? That would make my day. It took about twelve days, three hours, fifty-six minutes, and nine point three seconds till everything was ready for Data's operation. I promise not to leave any tweezers or sponges inside you, Aiden joked. Data tilted his head in confusion. If I am not mistaken, such surgical instruments have not been used for several hundred years. I am therefore confused as to Joke, Data. That was a joke, Geordie chuckled, placing a firm grip on his friend's shoulder. You ready? Data nodded. The operation began as soon as Ada laid down on the table and Jordy activated his off switch. Sweet dreams, buddy. Another 6 hours, 12 minutes, and 16.8 seconds went by before they were all done. The procedure went off without a hitch and all that was left was to reactivate Data. That was chapter 1 and there are 4 chapters. so I think there's some... This one, it goes... This one uses a third person tense. It's weird, but it's It's weird, but actually it's not weird, but not bad and it, there were those spelling errors like but like about... We've read worse, honestly. It's just the mainest. It's, the, it's it's the, it's so weird that some people are so emotionally invested in someone having a crush on someone and possibly having sex with that. I don't know, maybe it's because I am I am an aromantic cyborg and soulless, but What? Like, what? They doing all this to him? This means Data could die now and, and Spock could scratch him. I don't know if this is a good idea, but you know, hey, if it makes the sexy, not or later. And also, I am cool. Four chapters. What's the fourth chapter called? Nope, I can just tell by the titles. They do not have sex yet in this. How can you tell just by the titles? Trust me, I can tell. <laughs> <sighs> Platicus No six Six or seven the, the the writer would wait until chapter six or seven It's don't ask how I know that I just <laughs> I'm psychic but there's a you know what? You know what super free three hundred might update the hot Now human android on human borg and lust and angst and romance and Probably slight sexual harassment, but <laughs> anyway. And I do like the descriptions, which I did skip over, and I kind of jumped to the story. Like, okay, four chapters, I got stuff to do. A birthday party to plan, which would have been important because I would have understood how they got assimilated into the Borg in the first place. Which naughty host, naughty host, you're fired. Profiles and background info are important, not just stuff you can skip most other times, but not this time. (laughs) I'm sorry I disappointed you, co-executive producer That You picked a great story, much better than the ones I was considering, and also we need to do an erotic episode, so you have my permission to look at the adult section. Please, I want you to please read a lot, a lot of adult fan fiction for me. That would be great, and also, but I would eat a lot less therapy, <laughs> but it's fun, Trust me, it's not. <laughs> moist, 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 moist. I have dreams of the word moist. <laughs> In my nightmares, all I hear are breasts doing things they shouldn't normally do. <laughs> They're not feminist. <laughs> Anyway, and yeah, it kind of explains this. This is how my brain works, by the way. Aiden Alistair, I, the, the name is, like, I don't know why he has a human name or how these, him and Fred met, which I hope the next chapter explains, because I read this, like, last week, and I probably I use too much of my brain at work, and I don't get paid enough for it, frankly, so honestly, <laughs> sometimes the gay porn gets mixed in with short stories, kids. The word shorts was in the title. <laughs> and trust me, I read all the gay porn. <laughs> uh, if my boss ever listened to this, I hope she remembers that I got her a really nice birthday hat and Jimmy John's for her surprise birthday party on Friday. so... I promise I won't mention gay porn at work, only if it's Gay Porn Incorporated that wants to incorporate. That name is probably available. (laughs) Uh, Just has a little bit more backstory between these two and make more sense, and just it could be a a little bit more Vulcan. He's so out of character and it bothers me. And also, that's just. Yes, uh, the romancey stuff gets uh, is is kind of overrated for me, but yeah, this it could have been worse for an original character fanfiction. And Winterfride is actually at a really original name, so f- props on an original name there. And also, and also, yeah, so three point five out of five. It's Three point two five. It's uh, uh, the I don't. I don't like. I don't like Aiden or what? How he has a human name? That's confusing me. <laughs> Any anyway, and anyway, and it's, yeah, that and that was some assembly required. And let's see what else. Super free. Super uh, super free. Or is it super? Free? Uh, uh. Uh, and she is a girl, and she's written four stories for Naruto, Stargate SG-1, and Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh. And he is, oh, oh, she is she Jap- oh she has a Japanese name. She might be a wee but Oh, she has, oh, she wouldn't, she, she's giving so many details about her life. I hope no one tracks her down from those. <laughs> she writes a lot of OC stuff. For the Naruto, Naruto, and Stargate. So if you like OC stuff, and also she has a pretty cute picture of Stitch up there, so. And also, if your computer doesn't want you to scroll up, tell you, 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 there you go. Good job, computer. It scrolled up. Of of Stitch and a frog. So you can go check her out. And also, and probably know a few too many details about her. A light? Well, for me, a little bit. Sorry, I'm paranoid, sorry, I'm paranoid, you know, we, people do background checks now. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, this is why I with the show after I got a job that's really hard. You fire me, friend, yeah, on one because you can't fire me for saying, <laughs> <laughs> Or someone's gonna get some, <laughs> you can't fire me now, I'm too valuable to you. <laughs> oh, gosh, him. And- Thank you for listening, and if you want to if you want to support the show, you can tell your friends and keep listening to it, or you can if I also like money, and you can sponsor the show, and I'm trying to figure out to get sponsors and stuff, and yeah, although you think I should, my nine to five job drains me. (laughs) Anyway. And also, if you want to have fun, I am also doing the big fundraiser for my birthday at Buzz Bomb on June 3rd, 7pm to 9... 11pm, sorry. Which I realized is during a large music festival downtown, but you know what? I talked to the people, like, hey, we'll mention yours, too. It's like, yay! Thank you, people will be around to eat cake and play fun games! <laughs> Gosh, I love the day of my birthday and also hate the date of my birthday. Anyway! <laughs> It's not on June 3rd, by the way, because I don't tell you stuff about myself at all. I am a mystery-eruptin', enigma in a confusing burrito that woke up, got drunk, and, and d- doesn't remember where it is, or got married in Vegas to a taquito. <laughs> I, I had no idea where I was going with that, but so far, it's not doing that great <laughs> Anyway, thank you for listening, and also uh, do all that stuff I just said because I want you to. And have a wonderful. Oh, and you can submit your own fan fiction to me. And what's what's April? We did autism? We did the oral cancer with Sailor Moon. <laughs> I'm sorry, seven year old self. You're gonna grow up and not like that dub. <laughs> You're not going to like a lot of things you liked as a child. <laughs> you can't have trees anymore. Start crying. <laughs> oh, have a wonderful day and yada, 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 the Facebook page. <laughs>